Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 236 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the transforming, transformative creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. And I want to welcome those of you who are new here. There has been an explosion of new people here in 2017, and I have not officially welcomed you. So this is your official welcome. I know uh, quite a few of you came over just in the last week from a blog post that um, Nico over at the Spiral Nature blog did on five best occult Nick podcasts. I was very flattered and um, stoked to be included in such awesome company. And uh, I wanted to make a little note for those of you who came over from that blog post. Um, He said something in the post that I guess he doesn't, he didn't know that this isn't true. It's not true um, that I, I seem to be into numerology and I'm not at all. (laughs) All the rest he got right. I am scattered and this is hopefully a fun place. And I do love some astrology sometimes, but I I am not at all into numerology. And um, I just wanted to mention that if you're new here, so I, you know, can give you a little bit of a gist of what I am about, which is largely personal development, and a psycho-spiritual approach to magic. Both. So this is not your typical witchy podcast. Um, A psycho-spiritual approach to magic is the place where psychology and spirituality meet. So I do talk a lot about personal development and psychology here. And I, I enjoy astrology, like I mentioned, like he mentioned in the blog post. I like crystals. I love me some tarot. (laughs) I guess there's some numerology involved in tarot. Um, But I see these things as accessories to the main outfit, if you will, or like a garnish to the meal. It can enhance your experience if you're into it. Um, If you feel really connected to a certain correspondence or number or color, but the real magic happens within. That's what I'm interested in talking about. Like, the meal. (laughs) I'm not so much about the garnish. Uh, I like to talk about as within, so without, how the changes we create within are then reflected without or in the world around us. It's about altering your state to then alter your reality. Uh, And so if that's not your thing, this podcast won't be your thing. If you're here for like crystal essences and angel numbers and stuff, I don't really talk about that stuff unless I have a guest on and and we get into that um, because that's what they're into. And I do love to learn about other people's paths and what's what they're into, but I just wanted to give you the heads up if you're new here. <laughs> this is the kind of magic I am talking about. 
And the main focus of my biz as a whole, um, this podcast is called Hippie Witch, but my business is called Kick-Ass Witch. And the focus is creating the kick-ass life of your dreams, which I know is cheesy, but that's what I'm into. I am into the small and the large transformations that we experience in life. And in the case of magicians or law of attraction practitioners, I am really interested in the transformations that we intentionally provoke into being. And as I was writing about in my last newsletter, when I think about the word transformation, which is the theme here in June, I like to do themes for every month because it gives us a lot of time to explore that theme. So when I think about transformation, it gets a little fuzzy to me because I, it's, it's, when I think about transformation, I think about magic, like transformation is magic. Is it not? (laughs) Uh, So um, I actually, I chose this theme because I asked people on Facebook what they wanted to talk about and uh, quite a few people chimed in on the theme of transformation. I was like, yes, I'm all about it. And then I got kind of stumped when I I was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, what do I even talk about? Because I'm always talking about transformation, like always, (laughs) because I'm always talking about magic. Um, So I got this idea today to talk about mindset and setting, setting the stage for transformation, both magical transformation and mundane transformation. And really, your magical transformations are not magical unless they uh, end up impacting the mundane, which is like your everyday reality, right? A successful magic spell is to impact your mundane life. So I have a hard time in general just with blurring those lines because I I don't see the difference. Like uh, we we are magical creatures. We are creative beings. And every choice we make, every thought we think, every feeling we feel is at least co-creating our reality. I don't know that I believe we entirely create our reality, you know, like some kind of virtual reality video game, but we're at least co-creating our reality and we have a lot of free will to play around with so I happen to think that being a conscious human who's into deliberate creation like everything we do is magic and then I just wanted to um I grabbed this off of good old wikipedia which I like to do sometimes (laughs) uh I just wanted to grab this definition of set and setting for those of you who know where I'm going with this um set and setting describes the context for psychoactive and particularly psychedelic drug experiences. One's mindset, which has been shortened to set, and the physical and social environment, the setting in which the user has the experience. People like to use entheogenic substances in their magic. I have a little tiny bit of history with that in my distant past, actually. I haven't had any experiences like that recently. Um, But I think set and setting is very much the same for magic or conscious transformation, setting the stage for a magical ritual or a magical working it's the same as setting the stage for 
a psychedelic experience. <laughs> um, in fact, you can incorporate the two if you want to. And I will tell you a fun little story about myself uh, doing that. Like if you missed the episode I did here, I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. Something about entheogenic plants. And it wasn't too long ago. So if you go through the archives, you can find it. Um, but I, I shared uh, the times that I have done psychedelics or in the you know played around with entheogenic plants and uh I had a little flirtation with salvia divinorum and I did that a few times and uh when I did setting was very important because I'm a paranoid person about these things I don't want to hurt myself I don't want to lose my mind and when you're thinking about like psychedelic drugs or things like that Setting can be very important. If you're going to do mushrooms, you probably want to be with really beautiful, happy, loving people in a nature setting, for example. With salvia divinorum, you completely leave this reality. So you don't want to be in a crowd of people. You don't want to be, you probably don't want to be out in a forest. You want to be at home with the door closed in a safe place <laughs> because you're, you're basically leaving your body. And if you want to think about this just in terms of magic, minus the substance, uh, this probably would apply very well to any kind of like astral travel that you want to do, uh, where people, you kind of leave your body in a sense, and you go on these journeys. So the setting that I wanted to create for that was dark, doors locked, blinds closed, <laughs> a, a pill laying comfortably on pillows on the floor. And so that was part of creating a setting that felt safe. That was really important. But then also the music that we played was very important. And I forget the name of the album, but Sigurros, S-I-G-U-R-R-O-S. They made up their own language. It sounds very like angelic and fairy-like. I don't know. Their music is out of this world ethereal. And it turns out that was the perfect music for this setting. They have this song. It's like, um, it's you. It's you. It's so like, woo. <laughs> and just very high pitched and very trippy. And it became a part of the experience that I had and even though I have not done that, let's see, I don't know how many years it's been, 15 at least, probably more since then, I can now play that music anytime I want to have like a really groovy, trippy, magical experience. Like I said, if I want to do some sort of astral projection, um, I can create, recreate that setting and it ends up altering my mindset and enhancing the magic. And then uh, method acting, which I've also talked about here, there is a tool in method acting called sense memory. And sense memory exercises are a lot like that too. And like the classic sense memory exercise that they have you start with is um, you eat you eat an orange or a juicy peach or something like that, and you focus on the entire sensual experience of it, 
you know, the juice dripping down your face, the way it tastes, the way it feels in your hand, the way it smells, all of that. You like super, super focus on it. And then eventually they have you, there is no juicy peach, there is no orange. And you're having that experience by memory. And it, and, and your mouth starts watering and you literally smell the fruit and you have the entire experience, even though there's nothing in your hand. And really awesome method actors are very, very good at this. Um, that is creating setting, a setting that alters your mindset. And so much about magic is about your mindset, right? Um, and so I just thought those were really trippy, groovy experiences to share things that you might or might not want to explore. For sure, the sense memory is much safer and comes more highly recommended by one kick-ass switch. That's me. <laughs> um, but in general, you know, the, the obvious things you might think of um, apply, like dimming the lights or completely shutting the lights out and just using candlelight. That's like the cliche, right, of people doing magic. There's a reason for that. There's a reason that people pick certain colors of candles. If you're going to be doing like a healing and protection spell, you might pick a white candle, right? And then you might pick an essential oil or an incense that puts off a scent that makes you feel very protected, that has a very healing energy. And as you're focusing on the white, white, white of the candle and you're smelling that whatever that smells like to you something clean something fresh maybe you're altering your mindset but you're also altering the chemistry of your body and uh, it's fascinating how we can get into altered states by manipulating the the setting um and then you want to the thing about altering the setting to alter your mind state and then alter the state of your being, which is beyond your mindset. You're getting into the deeper layers of psyche where real transformation happens. Um, the thing about that is you're transforming that moment, right? And you're, you're hopefully giving yourself the kind of intensity of focus that lends itself not only to transforming that moment, but to, to then transform your greater experience of whatever it is you are focused on creating. So um, I'll give you a couple of examples that come to mind, uh, like a love spell, um, a sexy love spell, a love spell of the sexy variety. You're looking for a new lover, let's say. Um, for that, you're going to want to incorporate a scent that feels especially sexy to you, something triggering that immediately turns you on. And that does not have to be something that you pick up at your local metaphysical shop, right? It could be some cologne or perfume that you remember from that guy or girl that you had a crush on in high school. And whenever you smell it, you know, <laughs> what was the one when I was in high school that girls loved? Dracar Noir. <laughs> It makes me laugh because it's so um, late 80s is when girls are really into that. <laughs> but like if there's some smell like that, that really like, woo, does it for you, like use it, dude. Don't go to your metaphysical shop and buy some little oil that has love spell written on it. Like use the thing that actually triggers that reaction on you. And it's going to be a lot more 
empowering for your magic. Um, you want to focus too then on all the senses. So like fabrics and lighting and music, like I mentioned, that feels especially sensual or erotic. Stuff that turns you on. That's, that's what you're looking for when you're, when you're building your set so to speak. Um, and then you're probably going to do a spell like that in a darkened bedroom, most likely, I would imagine, because you're setting the tone for the bounce. Wow, wow. Whereas a spell for like a happy, bright, healthy family life, like you want to create a beautiful family experience, the family of your dreams, either with the family we already have or because you're setting out to create a family from scratch. Um, a spell like that might be done outdoors on a sunny day, perhaps on a mountaintop or in a forest. And then um, you might incorporate sens sensual triggers that you associate with a positive family experience. And again, this doesn't have to be something you pick up at a meta metaphysical shop or something that you read out of like the correspondence list in your favorite witchy book. It could be something like barbecue briquettes or a tinkling wind chime or like a splashing, swirling river or stream, like sounds that you associate with Happy family memories, chocolate chip cookies, fresh out of the oven, stuff like that. Things that make you feel those happy love family vibes. You want to focus on infusing the setting with as much of that as you possibly can. And these two examples are literally like night and day from each other, um, which is why I, I picked them. But I'm just using them as, as, as examples. There's all different kinds of spells that you can do and the more you customize it to you, in my opinion, the better off you're going to be. I am not a fan of just, you know, picking a spell out of a book and then doing it verbatim. I really believe in know thyself, know thyself, which <laughs> because, um, oh gosh, I don't, I'm not even going to go the rabbit hole of beca the because of know thyself. That's, that's like a 20 hour podcast right there. <laughs> But just know thyself in terms of crafting a spell, like know what your triggers are. That's that. And you're really going to empower your magic all the more that way. The point, again, is in getting yourself into a mindset that is in alignment with your desire and creating a setting that feels like that desire so that it can then take you like halfway there. Like you're halfway there just walking into that setting before you've even meditated, you know, or gotten into your magical mindset. Just walking into that space is getting you halfway there. Have you ever walked into, for example, perfect example, have you ever walked into an especially groovy metaphysical shop? And like from the moment you cross the threshold from outside to inside, you are instantly transformed. Your whole vibe shifts when that incense hits you, um, you know, or the plinky plunky fountain or the wind chimes or the new agey music. It like feels the air and something inside of you literally shifts. That can happen when you walk into like a really cool Catholic church or something where, where the, the, 
air is heavy, heavily perfumed with incense and there's stained glass windows and, and like this, oh, music is playing. Like that's on purpose. They have purposely created that setting to create a shift in your state of being. And that, my friends, is magic. That's instant magic. It's the glamorizing of a space and you do that intentionally to create a kind of glamour on yourself or you can do that intentionally, which is not only effective, it's also fun. Magic is fun. It is, it's not always convenient to whip out all the bells and whistles for a knockdown, drag out magic spell like the ones I'm talking about here. Um, that is where the, the fun comes in for sure. But I do recommend giving that kind of a spell a try every once in a while, maybe saving it up, you know, just for like the eight points on the wheel of the year or a special holiday or when you have a really deep desire rise up to the surface. Maybe then you set aside the time to create like the perfect setting and you pull out all the stops, right? If only for the romance and the creativity of it, like it's worth giving yourself that experience sometimes. I like to do that from time to time for the reasons I just mentioned. But honestly, in general, in my everyday life, I am a witch on the go. I am very busy. <laughs> and I like my everyday magic to, to, to work for me. I don't want to work for it. I want it to work for me. So, um, you know, I like to call my, my main magical practice is witching on the go. It's stuff that I can do in a pinch when I'm in a hurry and I need a good parking spot. Or if I have to like apply for a loan or something and I'm going in and I want, I want to use a bit of magic to empower the whole situation. Um, but the trick to witching on the go is that it still utilizes this mindset and setting principle. It's the same, but on a less elaborate scale, right? So it's really good to build up a trigger for yourself. So like only use one oil when you're meditating, for example. This is something that I've done for years. The oil does change every couple of years for me, but I will use the same oil over and over and over again. I... That's my hands rubbing together. I like rub it really quick in between my hands and then like put it over my face and breathe it in <sighs> right before I meditate, right? Um, or right before I do a quick little candle spell. And it creates an instant shift in my mind. Um, a little witching on the go magic spell if I'm at home might involve just lighting a favorite incense, incense stick, which again, I recommend using the same scent over and over and over again. Um, if not always, every time you do a spell, you know, to get yourself into that mindset, then every time you do, let's say a love spell, you have a certain scent that you use. And every time you do a money spell, you have a certain scent. So you could assign different scents to different spells, but I generally just work with one to create that magical mind shift that I need to get focused and get into an alpha state very quickly. Um, so I'll just light a stick of incense, light a votive. Sometimes I'll scratch like my intention on the votive, but this takes all of like 
10 seconds. It's really, really quick. Um, but I quickly get into that state. I quickly set my intention. And because I use votive candles, they burn out in a couple of hours. So there's no threat of burning the house down. And, and then I go on my merry way. I also use, which I have talked about a ton, a mudra, a hand position that works as a trigger for me. And I use that all throughout my day. And basically, I'm just pressing my thumb and my forefinger together with some pressure. It looks like a funny OK symbol. And again, that is creating a kind of shift in my mindset that is conducive to just some light kind of witching on the go. So set and setting applies for just these little like quick little, hey, I need a parking spot kind of spells. But then also if you're going to do like a big mondo dream lover kind of magic spell. And then um, I'm racing because I'm in a little bit of hurry right now. Speaking of being in a hurry, uh, but I have to mention this because I like to be super practical and keep things fairly down to earth. I also want to mention set and setting in terms of creating transformation in the mundane world. Muggle transformations, if you will, um, which usually require a sustained effort over time. And then therein lies the rub. Sustained effort. That is the part that is hard for people. It's easy to go to the gym or stick to your diet when you're at the very beginning of your journey and all fired up about the possibilities, you know? And it's easy and it's fun to dream up a new online business idea and to pick out what your colors are going to be and come up with a catchy new slogan. But it's a whole other thing when the realities of marketing and sales and list building start to kick in. That's where people end up losing momentum or just quitting altogether. So you got to keep your head in the game, your head and your heart, really, uh, to make that sustained effort, to make that transformation happen. And again, setting has so much to do with that. To keep your mindset in alignment with your desire, you want to keep your setting in alignment with desire. So use that early momentum when you first decide like, hey, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight or I'm going to go on this bodybuilding journey. Use that early momentum to set up your kitchen for success and um, to get yourself on like a grocery shopping schedule or to like batch cook your food every weekend. Like get into these habits early when you're at the very beginning of your journey and set up your kitchen as a kind of magical setting, right, that supports that journey. And then, um, you know, for working out, you can have a special drawer or a space in your closet dedicated to, to your workout clothes. And um, you can set your workout clothes out the night before your workout, right? Um, because sometimes you wake up in the morning and you just don't feel like it. So you want the setting to be conducive to, to a mindset that is a match to your desire. So maybe, you know, set out your workout clothes the night before with your little shoes and socks, put a little energizing essential oil spray next to them, uh, like peppermint or grapefruit, something that feels really invigorating. Maybe put your bottle of water right there or a big glass of water you can chug that you so you can, you know, perk yourself up 
and get into the spirit of things right away before you have time to think about it, before you have time to talk yourself out of it. And in that way, the setting can serve you. Um, Same with the other example I gave, very similar, like with starting your own business. Make sure if you're working from home that you're not spending your day in saggy butt sweatpants with the holy t-shirt and (laughs) if you're a girl, like a bun in your hair and no makeup, like have a work wardrobe, set out your outfit the night before, Um, have some kind of, again, I'm really fond of scent. I feel like the sense of smell is very, very powerful and um, that it activates like the lizard brain, the deeper, deeper layers of our subconscious. So I'm a real fan of using scent to keep yourself in that setting that serves the mindset you want to have. So for me, if it's about a business, it's going to be like a grapefruit smell, something that's very energizing and fresh that makes me feel awake and focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's almost everything I had to say about all of this today. I hope you enjoyed this. I really, even though I was in a hurry and racing through everything I wanted to say as fast as I could, um, I had a lot of fun talking about this. <laughs> More fun than I thought I was going to have, actually, because I was a little bit stumped um, for the last week or so, thinking like, what am I going to talk about on Tuesday? What am I going to talk about on Tuesday? And then once I got this idea, I was kind of off and running with it. And I had a lot of fun talking about it. I hope it was fun for you too. I also have this little thing that I cut and pasted from Maya Angelou. I did not go looking for this. It found me, but I thought, hmm, that kind of fits in with what we're talking about here today. So I thought I would read it to you because she's awesome. And this is awesome. This is what she had to say. Heads up. It involves dying. (laughs) So we're like, fun, fun, fun. Now let's talk about dying. But uh, it does tie in. She says, there were people who went to sleep last night, poor and rich and white and black, but they will never wake again. And those dead folks would give anything at all for just five minutes of this weather or 10 minutes of plowing. So you watch yourself about complaining. What you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. What you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is change it. Right, witches? (laughs) That's what we're in the business of doing. And if you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Here's the magical thing about that. The thing that Maya left off. Once you change the way you think about it, your experience of it changes. And the thing itself might actually change as a result. I was going to say think about that, but don't think about it. Try it and show yourself that it's true. Prove it. <laughs> once, the, you, once you change the way you think about a thing, your experience of that thing changes. And sometimes the thing itself actually changes. Magic, magic, magic. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hippie Witch. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.